Consistency, you point at consistency as being the real um, factor to your success, but consistency must come from, you know, in, enjoying it. Because uh, there'll, there'll be a lot of people listening to this thinking, I want to be a YouTuber. I mean, everybody seems to want to be a YouTuber yeah, these days. Yeah, yeah. But the insanity to do it as long as you did without the um, guarantee mm-hmm. of money mm-hmm. must have come from somewhere. There uh, was no guarantee of money. Yeah. It was a hobby. Like if you're a painter, you like painting at the weekend, you're going to paint anyway. Whether someone pays you for your art or not, you just enjoy doing it. So I just enjoyed making videos that other girls watch and I could talk to the other girls. So I didn't get paid for like four years, but I was always uploading every weekend. It was my hobby. Like it wasn't, this is going to be my new job, which is why I even struggle with it now in that I really want to enjoy it in the same way that I always enjoyed it. And do I need to look for a new hobby? And is now YouTube my job? Like, oh, I find it really hard to kind of balance the fact that this thing that was my my escape is kind of like my job now. Mm. There's a, we, I was talking to one of the guests on the podcast a couple of weeks ago about um, this study where when someone gets paid to do a task they used to love doing, they lose motivation for it. Mm. And it's just mental. They, they do this study where they give people this game. The people enjoy doing the game. They then say, we're going to ask you to do the game again, but this time you're going to get paid. The other group don't get paid. And the group that got paid to do the thing they just enjoyed doing lose motivation. Oh. Doesn't it make a lot of sense? YouTube, stop paying me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, yeah. no, I like those checks. Um, that is insane. It's cr- you lose internal motivation oh when it becomes gosh. when when some of the um, reason for doing it becomes extrinsic monetary. Oh. So and, and and this is a you know it's a wise. Oh my gosh. It's tough, isn't it? It's really tough because... People are like, oh my God, like what a privileged conversation. <laughs> but it, it, it's not because like, say imagine someone's like a, a darts player or something, right? But eventually once they get into the competitive sports of darts, maybe it becomes a bit more stressful. Maybe they 100%. don't enjoy it as much. Maybe the 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 challenge of doing it is now I've got to perform for my management and the, the, the crew or whatever. I don't mm. think there's a dart crew. I just made that up. But that becomes like, I don't know, more pressure than Mm. the person who just wanted to play darts on a Saturday night would feel. And you feel that? No, no. The reason being is that I try to frame what I do as I've accepted that I have a huge desire to create stuff, right? That's it. So as long as I focus on this process is creation, this process is creation, I'll be fine. And that might mean saying no to work and no to sponsorships for a season. So I can at least feel that creation because I'm very much like, how do I feel about this? Which is kind of bad, but also it's allowed me to do what I'm doing. Feels like a good long-term strategy. Yeah. Because if you're not asking that question in the short term, how do I feel about this? Mm -hmm. So many people, and in fact, I think the guest that just sat in that chair last, um, you end up gradually becoming someone you never intended to be and ending Mm -hmm. up somewhere you never intended to go. Mm -hmm. So that constant asking of that question, how do I feel about this Mm -hmm. today? Which, as you alluded to, means turning down money sometimes. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Mm -hmm. thinking longer term about what you're doing and why you're doing it, I think Mm -hmm. is so critical, Mm -hmm. so critically important. You know, we've got two guests that have come to watch this podcast today. And Sophia, I said, Sophia, you know, she's, she's followed you for some time. I said, Sophia, if you could ask Patricia any question, what would it be? She said to me, um, how did she find the confidence to make the leap from that sort of corporate career to going full time with this thing called YouTube? 
So for me, my confidence came from an Excel spreadsheet. So I am not a risk taker. I'm more of a steady and stable person, but I did a bit of maths. I did a bit of a projection. I looked at what my long-term potential um, earnings and lifestyle would look like if I stayed in the banking industry. And then I looked at what my numbers were looking like you know, if I stayed as a creator, where could I take it? And even at that time, I had no clue I could get to where I am today, but the numbers looked healthy enough. So I was like, okay, I'll I'll take the leap. Even if I do it for two years, it could be okay. Um, And I didn't just jump out. I kind of um, took a toe dip in and I quit my job, but then I took another job that was part-time so I could make content and have a job as well. And you call your mum and you say, I'm quitting my job. I didn't tell her. I didn't tell my mum. I didn't tell anybody. What? You've quit your big banking job. Oh, hell no. I could never do that. So I I knew my parents would be worried and scared. Should we tell them now? No. (laughs) (laughs) So mum, I left my job. (laughs) They barely know what I do right now. They're like, I do this thing on the internet. They're like, oh, well done. Yeah. <laughs> well done. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. So my mum. But yeah. yeah, so you you made that, you took that leap into YouTube. Um, was there a moment where you think, well, oh, fucking hell, this is, this is moving. This is, or was it just one step at a time? Slow and steady. Yeah. Slow and steady. I was making, I'd been making content for seven years and then I got to a million subscribers. So I didn't have any of those really viral moments. And I saw lots of people kind of steamroll ahead of me, like go viral. They were part of these groups and these crews. And, you know, there was a time that there was a thing called the Brick Pack. They were all there. And I was just like in the corner by myself, like (laughs) prodding along. And then inevitably like my my time came and it took again that seven years to one million and then one more year to another million and a half and I then had my own viral moments off the back of myself and um but I never kind of took the step back to be like oh you've made it because I never feel like I've made it not even now (sighs) not yet a lot of people might be surprised by that Mm, maybe but it's, it depends on someone's personal definition of making it right and what's yours world domination, world domination. <laughs> <laughs> and what is mine um it's not just being popular on social media that's not my complete definition of success right i think for me it's like creating things that i want to create when i want to create them and monetizing them and bringing value so if I say my overall thing, that's it. What that looks like, I don't know just yet. And you don't think you're there yet? You don't think you're creating things that you really... Oh, I'm doing it. I'm doing it, but I don't think I've had like one big thing yet. Does anyone have one big thing though? I don't know. I think that, I, you know, I think if you'd gone back and asked Patricia when she was at MMU, what oh. her making it look like, you would have said, you know, 100,000 followers. True, <laughs> yeah. true. On my, do you know what I mean? True. So there's... Free clothes, <laughs> yeah. free food. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So maybe true. the goalpost is just moving off into the future. And maybe yeah. that's maybe that speaks to what life is. It's just that journey as opposed to that destination, right? So Yeah, yeah. You are always one decision away from taking your business to the next level. 
And a decision that's helped me to transform my business is moving over to NetSuite, who I'm excited to say are a sponsor of this podcast. If you don't know already, NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. It's reduced IT costs because it lives in the cloud, so you can access it from anywhere. And the cost of managing and running multiple systems because it's in one unified business management suite. My team and I don't have to worry about tasks being manual and clunky, and it means that I can be more efficient and to focus on more important things like bringing you the best episodes and guests on this show. So I become one of the 37,000 companies that have already made the move over to NetSuite. NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks, so head to netsuite.com slash Bartlett for a free product tour. Back to the episode. You are always one decision away from taking your business to the next level. And a decision that's helped me to transform my business is moving over to NetSuite, who I'm excited to say are a sponsor of this podcast. If you don't know already, NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. It's reduced IT costs because it lives in the cloud, so you can access it from anywhere. And the cost of managing and running multiple systems because it's in one unified business management suite. My team and I don't have to worry about tasks being manual and clunky, and it means that I can be more efficient and to focus on more important things like bringing you the best episodes and guests on this show. So I become one of the 37,000 companies that have already made the move over to NetSuite. NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks, so head to netsuite.com slash Bartlett for a free product tour. Back to the episode.